Well, hey there. Welcome to the Prayer Podcast. I'm your host, Jan L. Burt, your fellow Jesus follower who very much wants to grow in my prayer life and encourage others in their prayer lives too. Here on the Prayer Podcast, we learn what the Bible has to say about prayer, and then we apply it by actually praying. It's my privilege to join you on this prayer journey. Now, let's get to praying. Well, hey there, welcome to this episode of the Prayer Podcast. I'm your host, Jan L. Burt. So glad you're joining me today. And for this episode, episode number 14, it's going to be a little bit different. At the Lord's leading, I'm going to have a little bit of a different kind of a focus in this episode. So I'm going to read a passage aloud from the New Living Translation. I'll be reading the words of Jesus from Luke chapter 12. I'll start in verse 35 and go down to about probably around verse 49. And I want you to know that even though this may not seem like, as I'm reading it, as you're listening, it may not seem like this is exactly about prayer. I'm going to pray at the end of the episode over each of you. And I have been praying for everyone who's going to be a listener. So that's you for every listener in advance of kind of going through this episode and uh, recording it. And the reason I've been praying so much is because this is kind of, it feels a little bit um, heavy. Can I say heavy? But the times that we're living in feel pretty heavy. And so I know it's going to be an encouragement because, because I can say that I know it'll be an encouragement because I have followed the leading of the Lord in praying through, praying over, and planning out this episode based on this text from Luke chapter 12. And I hope it encourages you to know that you have been prayed for today. Some of us go through seasons in life where we don't feel very uh, prayed for. We feel alone. I want you to know that I have prayed for you. Many of us have things that are kind of near and dear to our hearts, almost so tender, if you will, that we just don't really readily share them with people in our lives. And even if we do, we may not share the full extent to which it weighs on us, but the Lord knows. And I have prayed for everyone listening that specifically regarding those areas that are like just really tender, it feels kind of heavy, that you would just be comforted and sense his nearness even now. And so if you feel like you haven't been prayed for in a while, I want to just encourage you that you certainly have been prayed for by me and the Lord knows who you are, who's listening right now. He knows that even though I, I wasn't able to pray for needs specifically, he knows what the needs specifically are. And I do believe he's going to answer my prayer that he would bless and encourage and comfort and that his will, his good and perfect and pleasing will would be done in those situations that are so uh, tender and near and dear to your heart. I believe he's going to answer that prayer. So would you join me? As I read some quotes from the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, from Luke chapter 12, and then pray based on what we read. Starting in verse 5, here's what it says. Be dressed for service and keep your lamps burning, as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Then you will be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives and knocks. The servants who are ready and waiting for his return will be rewarded. I tell you the truth, he himself will seat them, put on an apron, and serve them as they sit down to eat. He may come in the middle of the night, or just before dawn, but whenever he comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. Verse 39. Understand this, 
If a homeowner knew exactly when a burglar was coming, he would not permit his house to be broken into. You also must be ready all the time, for the Son of Man will come when least expected. Peter asked, Lord, is that illustration just for us or for everyone? And the Lord replied, A faithful, sensible servant is the one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his other household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all he owns. But what if the servant thinks, my master won't be back for a while, and he begins beating the other servants, partying and getting drunk? The master will return unannounced and unexpected, and he will cut the servant in pieces and banish him with the unfaithful. Verse 47, and a servant who knows what the master wants, but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions will be severely punished. But someone who does not know and then does something wrong will be punished only lightly. When someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. Last verse I'm going to read today is uh, verse 49. I have come to set the world on fire, and I wish it were already burning. These are some very serious words that Jesus spoke. And I have to be honest, I'm going to cover this same content, uh, not on this next episode of my other podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, but the one after that. So probably episode number 158. I'm going to cover this exact passage a little more in depth on that podcast, because I really have sensed the Lord saying it's time to talk about this and have a podcast on each of my podcast platforms, the prayer podcast and the Burt Notterney show that's about this topic. It's very serious and it's also very timely. Often we think of, you know, to when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. We often think of that um, just like in, in particular situations, we may think of it as like a Spider-Man comic book, kind of a, almost a reference. And trust me, it didn't come from Spider-Man's uncle. It came from Jesus. And it's not about the things we maybe think it's about. He's talking about, are you doing what the Lord has said you ought to do? Do you know what the master wants and are you doing it? Because if you now, and that's when he says, if you've been given much, much we required. Think about that. We don't think of work as what being given much. We might think of like my talents and my abilities, my skills. Maybe you've been blessed financially. Um, you know, maybe you can, you can like, you can help build fences or, you know, like you're a construction worker maybe. And so you have the skills to be able to help people in that way. That's all great, but that's really actually not the right application for this. He's talking about what does the master want you to be doing? And it comes right on the heels of Jesus talking about being dressed for service, keeping your lamps burning as though you're waiting for your master to return. He may come late in the middle of the night or just before dawn. Are you going to be ready when he comes? What's Jesus talking about here in this whole passage when he ends it by saying when someone has been given much, much will be required in return. And when someone has been entrusted with much, even more will be required. If I look at what is going on in the world and I have studied my Bible enough to know this is the season that Jesus was talking about when he said, I'm right at the door. I'm right at the door. I'm about to return. And it is that season. I believe that completely and wholeheartedly. I really do. I don't think we have 
a hundred years. I don't think we have 50 years. I don't know that we have 10 years. If I'm honest, we're like, we're there, my friend, we are there. And whether that means we will be taken before the tribulation or we remain through some of it, uh, you know, there's a uh, conflicting, um, ideas, thoughts, theories on that. I'm going to go with this. If we are not ready to suffer for Jesus, our headspace is wrong. We need to be ready to suffer for Jesus because he's worth it. And he suffered for you and I, that's how we got forgiveness by his extreme suffering, the likes of which we cannot even begin to fathom. Anything we go through is, is literally a tiny little itty bitty drop in the ocean compared to what he endured for us. And so if our attitude isn't that he's worth it, it needs to be, it needs to be. And if I am one that recognizes to the best of my very limited ability and based on what I read in the Bible and then what I see happening in the world currently, if I'm not willing to take what I have learned from my study time in the Bible and share that I think it's soon based on the word of God, it seems to be very soon that the master's going to return. If I don't say to those whom I can say it to podcast listeners, uh, people who read maybe my blogs and things via social media, uh, my close friends and family, if I don't say to them, I think it's soon. Uh, you know what? I'm going to be severely punished because I know what the master wants. Jesus wants people ready for his return. He wants his people to be, what does it say about the wicked person that, um, you're supposed to manage and feed, manage well. That doesn't mean boss around. That means take what I've been given and steward it because it's just a gift to feed the other people in the household. That's the family of God. I want to be a faithful, sensible servant to whom the master, you know, if he says, go feed them, feed them. Well, feed them what? The word of God. The word of God has a lot to say about the end times. Uh, and if I've studied that a lot, which I have the last couple of years, and I really believe we're close, I'm really going to be ending up like the, the disobedient servant who just doesn't do what they've been told by the master to do. The servant who knows what the master wants, but isn't doing it will be severely punished. I want to do what the master wants. And then in verse 45, just last little reiteration of this passage here before we we uh, move on to the next part of the podcast. But what if the servant thinks my master won't be back for a while? Huh. How many people do you know who are saying that right now? I know a lot. Oh, it's going to be a long time. I would like to see the biblical evidence for this long time. Show me in the Bible. I don't know if you've heard that like soundbite. It's on uh, social media platforms, mostly on uh, not so much on Facebook, but think like TikTok and Instagram, find it in the Bible, find it in the Bible. Like that's how I feel about this. Find it in the Bible. I can find in the Bible so much of what's happening right now. I can't find in the Bible evidence that oh, it's going to be a long time before he comes back. So if you are in the camp of just assuming, assuming that it's going to be a long time, I would encourage you to really pray about that. And granted, if you don't look at the right places, like if you're just trusting you know, maybe the mainstream media, and I'm not talking about, you know, this is CNN versus Fox News. I'm not talking about this is more conservative. This is more liberal news station. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the news outlets as a whole. You will not have any idea of what is actually going on in most of the world. And that's a true story. That's a true story. You have to look for it. There are things happening in the Middle East, in Israel, 
these things are definitely a biblical proportions. There are things happening around the world that are a biblical proportions, and they're happening almost on the daily. Let's think about, I'm just going to give you one very tiny little example. One tiny little example. Uh, the Bible says that in the end times, the world, it begins to groan. The world is groaning. It's just ready for Jesus to return and set things right. All of his creation, think about this, all of his creation, except his crown of creation, mankind, all the rest of creation recognizes and is groaning and longing for his return. Man, we tend to be like, oh, I want to live my life and I want to be able, maybe it'll be a little longer. Even people that think, I know he's coming soon, but maybe it'll be a while because I just, I'm not quite ready for that. And some that are like, that's going to be a long time. His creation and even those who bear his name as Christians, as Christ followers, often miss this very important aspect that we are not willing to really fully go all in like creation and groan and long for his return for him to set things right. That's foolishness per the word of God. That's foolishness. I'm not calling anybody a fool. I'm saying it's foolish thinking for it's, it's not right when it's like the rocks will cry out and we won't. So take this scenario I'm going to share with you. Just a few days ago, there was a hurricane that hit California. Yeah, in my lifetime, I can't really think of Pacific Ocean hurricanes. And it made landfall. And in the midst of the flooding and everything that ensued from that hurricane in August of 2023, there was a 5.0 or even some places a 5.5 earthquake. Have you ever heard of a hurricane hitting a place where they rarely hit and in the midst of that an earthquake happening the earth is groaning it's groaning my friend so in the new living translation the header for that's this section verses 35 through 48 it says be ready for the lord's coming the amplified the header reads be in readiness i think you've figured out what i'm talking about on the prayer podcast today be ready for the lord's coming And as it relates to prayer, I can't think of anything better to pray about at this moment in time than pause and ask the Holy Spirit, ask the Lord, the Holy Spirit who interprets our prayers before God, before the Father, right? When you don't know what to pray and you pray in groanings, he can interpret it rightly and take the right prayer to the Lord. Like he knows what's in our hearts better than we do. You can ask him, Lord, Holy Spirit. Can you show me what I'm not seeing? Can you give me eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to understand? Are we in the last days? How how ready am I and how ready do I need to be? Am I ready for the Lord's coming? Pray and ask that. I'm 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 completely serious. Ask the Lord of the harvest to show you your place in this moment in time because this is the time that you're living on earth in the here and now. You're not living a hundred years ago and you're certainly not living a hundred years from now. So how about now, right now in this moment, ask him, what do you want me to be doing? Where are we at? Like where, where are we at? Are you close? Am I missing it? What do I need to see that I'm not seeing? Be in readiness, like live in a state of perpetual readiness. This is no easy task. This is not a small order that we find here. Being dressed and ready for service, keeping your lamps burning, the oil, in the word of God, when it references oil, it, it's it's usually you know referring to the Holy Spirit. So be so filled with the spirit of the living God. Be much with the Lord, to put it just super bluntly. 
be much with the Lord because that Holy Spirit oil is what's going to keep your lamp burning. You can't keep your lamps burning if you don't have any oil. If there's no oil, there's no fire in the lamp. There's no burning. If the lamp is not filled with oil, lit and burning, we're not obeying the Lord in his command here from Luke chapter 12. And it is a command. Be dressed and ready for service. Keep your lamps burning. If you If you do not spend time, and I mean like ample time, plenty of time in the word of God and with the Lord in prayer and thanksgiving, I'm not talking about, did you do your Bible reading checklist here? I'm talking about a personal relationship with the one who loved you enough to die for you, spending time with him. Talk with him throughout the day. Make a conversation with him. The thing that you're doing is you drift off to sleep. Pray and listen. The first thing when you awaken, be dressed for service as though you were waiting for your master to return from the wedding feast. Put yourself into the imagery here. Be dressed and ready. You're waiting. The master's going to return. I need to be ready. The moment he comes back to open that door and begin to do the things that are required of me. If I'm asleep, If I'm off in the other room, if I'm, you know, back home and not where I'm supposed to be guarding the door by back home, I mean, think if you're a servant and you happen to live off property or something and you've left, like think if you're a little bit removed from it or a lot removed from it, you're not going to be there able to pay attention to hear him when he arrives to open the door dressed for service, ready to do the master's bidding when he returns. You'd be paying attention if you were in that scenario. Like you would be paying attention because if not, you're not going to have your job very long, right? If you've got like, this is your job and you blew it, buddy. Let's not be like that. If you were there waiting and ready, you'd have certain things there and ready and waiting for his return. Does that make sense? If that's where you were and you were there and you're ready and you're waiting, the things would be ready and waiting for the master upon his return. If it was from a wedding feast, it would likely be a late return. There'd be a lot of celebrating going on. Nonetheless, the late hour that it would be, you'd be ready with what would please the master, ready to do your job, your assigned tasks. That's how active waiting should take place. Though the hour seems late, don't slumber and don't slack off. Stay dressed for service and be much with the Lord, so much with the Lord, filled with his spirit, that when he returns, you're ready and you're waiting. And in your readied state of waiting, you will be doing the things that the Lord has called you to be doing. What are those things for you? Well, I'll tell you, they're probably not exactly what they are in my life. For example, you know, my children are all adults now. So I don't have the same daily child rearing things to do that I had earlier in my life. Uh, You may have young children at home. And so your daily work is going to be different than mine. So this isn't like a one size fits all blanket kind of a statement I'm making here, but rather it's like, just have that solid relationship with your father. That's yours individually so that you know just what it is he wants you to be doing in this season. And it's not going to be to the neglect of your children or, you know, that causes your marriage to be under, under duress and strain. So it's probably not going to be like, well, Jesus is coming back. So I'm going to, I'm going to quit my job and we have no more health insurance. So no, it's, it's probably not going to be that, but you're not going to know what it is for you unless you have that very focused, intense, deep personal relationship with your father so that you know just what it is he wants you to be doing in this season, in this hour, at this time. This is how you're going to be ready to open the door and let him in the moment he arrives. Be alert to the times and the seasons in which we live. Keep your eyes on Israel. 
it's really prudent to pay attention to what's happening in Israel in these days, these last days. You know, it's hard for me to think of a time in in my life when there have been so many people talking about the return of Jesus when you've been seeing things like I'm talking about people in ministry who who have not like in my lifetime been regularly talking about the end times in terms of like it's going to be soon. We're in the last days, so keep your eyes on Israel. Pay attention to um you know, think of like Matthew 24. Maybe make a list. It would be a good little Bible study for you to do to read through Matthew 24, make a list of what you see there and the things that you're seeing coming to pass in all its varied aspects. Because Jesus said, when you see all these things happening, meaning at the same time, then my return is near. It's right at the door. So it would be good to study Matthew 24 and kind of maybe pay attention to what church leaders are saying who are, um, you know, these aren't fringe leaders I'm talking about that are out there like wild with their predictions or you know what I mean. There's This is not the kind of people I'm talking about. These are more steady, eddy Christian leadership who are saying, yeah, yeah, based on what the Bible says and what's happening in the world, yeah, yeah, based on what I've been sensing as I've studied the Bible and spent time in prayer, we are so close. They're stating this openly, that we're in the final hours. Children, even toddlers, have been having dreams about Jesus and his return. Uh, there's this widening gap between those who are uh, who are in the church, talking about churchgoers who profess Jesus as Lord. There's this widening gap where some believers um, are saying these are the last days and others are saying it's not. That's prophetic. That's prophecy being fulfilled. You know, I believe that we could at any time see the beginning of the seven-year tribulation. Uh, This is a treaty that's going to involve Israel. There's going to be a seven-year promise type of a treaty. That's the kickoff of the final seven years. That's the book of Daniel. That's also Paul in his letters, both letters, first and second Thessalonians, his letters to the Thessalonian church. Uh, This is Revelation. We're almost there, my friends. And yet there's a large, too large a number of professing believers who are not in belief about this very thing. How can you be a believer, but you're really living in a state of unbelief about Jesus's return? And when you live saying, oh, it's way off. I know I believe it. I just don't believe it for now. Be careful there when you say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, but he's not doing anything anymore. You know, be careful there. Be careful there when what you say you believe is um, not actually aligned with the Bible. Be very, very careful there. You, you're let me tread lightly. You're on thin ice. That's my personal belief. And I think it's pretty biblical to say that. If you're not searching out, as I said earlier, information about specifically Israel, things like looking at the number of earthquakes happening around the world, you can look that up pretty easily. How many earthquakes took place in the last 24 hours? You might be surprised. If you check that daily, you might be surprised. Or looking into the state of, say, the Euphrates River right now. What does Euphrates River look like right now? How much water is in it right now? Ah, and where is that biblically? That's in the book of Revelation. Line everything going on in the world, line it up with the Bible. So if you don't know what's going on, that for sure can contribute to the not thinking that we're close to the return of Jesus. And often the one single verse, which is not the whole counsel of the word of God, often the one single verse that Jesus spoke is their reasoning behind not believing that this is the season of his return. And of course, that verse is that no man knows the hour or the day of the return of the Son of God. 
That's a true verse right there. It's 100% true. I believe it 100%. No man does know the hour or the day. But if we take it in context, remember the whole counsel of the word of God. We don't we don't only believe the verses that we want to believe and ignore the rest. We take the whole counsel of the word of God as children of the most high God. If we take it in context and we read all of what Jesus says in the passage in Matthew 24, all his words regarding the end times, we would find that he is actually calling us to be ready because he will come at an hour when you do not expect it. He gives signs in this chapter to know that his return is very near. And he said, when you see all these things, the end is near even at the door. That's verse 33 of Matthew chapter 24. I'm doing this episode of the podcast, a longer episode than usual. And also I'm going to be doing one, as I mentioned earlier, on my original podcast, The Burt Not Ernie Show, which is uh, talks about God's promises on that podcast. I'm doing episodes on the same subject on both podcasts, Assigned to the Times and the Return of the King of Kings, because the Lord put it on my heart to do so, to share about this right now without delay. You probably can hear in my voice like the kind of the urgency. I may even sound a little bit rushed. It's because I have a sense of urgency to do this without delay, to make short work of my obedience to what he called me to do. In spite of those who do not want to hear it, who don't think that it's time just quite yet, it is time. In spite of not wanting it to be time, it is time. And I hope that you do hear. It's not about what I say. Get in the word of God and then look around at what's happening and see what lines up. Things are advancing. That seven-year treaty, it's going to be signed soon. And as it says in Luke 12, when he comes, when the master comes, he will reward the servants who are ready. If you knew exactly when a burglar was coming, you wouldn't permit a break-in. A servant who knows what the master wants, but isn't prepared and doesn't carry out those instructions will be severely punished. This is what the word of God says. If the servant thinks, "Mm, my master won't be back for a while, the master will return unannounced and unexpected and will cut the servant in pieces and banish him with the unfaithful. Those are the words that Jesus spoke in regard to being ready for his coming. He wants us to take this seriously, so let's do that. Let's take it seriously. Please, please be ready. Please be ready. Be dressed for service. Keep your lamp burning. Be ready and waiting for his return, and there will be a reward for you. It will be unexpected, so do your utmost to expect the unexpected. You must be ready at all times, it says in verse 40. Be ready all the time. Again, I'm going to use the word please. Please, please be ready and be ready all the time. Starting right now at this time, this very moment, right now today. Let this be the time that you begin to be ready all the time. Get ready. Be ready. Stay ready. The king is coming soon. I'm going to pray over us now. Lord, lead us as we serve you wholeheartedly in these last days. Show us how to pay attention to the signs of the times, the signs that mark your soon return and help us live ready and attentively, not in fear, not giving way to despair, not looking at what's going on around us and just bemoaning it or becoming panicked and fearful, Lord, but rather trusting you, remaining faithful to you, doing what you called us to do to point people to Jesus, to share the love and peace and grace and hope and joy the healing and deliverance that comes from knowing him to a a world that needs it so desperately. Keep our eyes fixed on you 
Remind us of everything you've promised and keep us as the apple of your eye as we're dressed for service, picking up our cross daily and following you, keeping our lamps burning, waiting for your return. Save all who will come to you, Lord, and do not delay. Bring about a great, a great end times harvest and move in the hearts and minds of men and women and children all over the world. Show us what we need to know. And by the same power that raised Jesus from the grave, enable us to do the things you want us to be doing at this moment in time. We still need to go to work every day. We still need to care for our families and love our neighbors. Uh, We still need to even do the basic household things like, you know, home maintenance and and touching base with loved ones far away, paying the bills. We need to do those things. So Lord, show us how to live in this era so that we can do those things, but also be ready at all times. We want to do the things that we have to do for your glory and your honor, whether it's going to work, homeschooling our children, whatever the case may be, may we do it for your glory and your honor, loving the people around us well, even while waiting at the ready for your return. So lead us in doing our work well as unto the Lord, even while we remain aware and watchful. May we be a blessing to those around us in the daily tasks that we need to do and remind us to pray with boldness and great faith for the people in our lives who have needs and who do not know you as their own Lord and Savior. May we remain dressed and ready for service continually and never doubt in the dark what you've told us in the light. You keep all your promises, Lord. You're a perfect promise maker and a perfect promise keeper. And we trust you to do everything just as you have promised in your word. And whether you uh, tarry long or come tomorrow, and by long, I don't believe it's long, Lord, per your word, however long it might be, however long the days might seem, whether we exit before things really get difficult or if we have to remain and endure through some very difficult times. Lord, may we do what you said, Jesus. Give us the ability to do what you said when you said, he who endures to the end will be saved. May that be true of us. Give us the ability to endure and to be willing to suffer for you because you suffered for us and we are grateful. We were bought at a price, the precious blood of Jesus. May we not forget it when the days get hard. May we remember the gift we've been given and that it was costly and that we traded our lives to be in Christ. We thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And whatever, whatever you have laid on the hearts of the listeners today, whatever you have told them, whatever you have promised them, help them to remember when the word of God jumped off a page at them and it was like, oh, that's a promise for me. Help them to remember that and to hold on to it and to continue to trust you. In fact, to be like Abraham, to believe you more and to trust you more, even as it seems less and less likely the promise will come to pass. Lord, work in the lives of your people in Israel, and they are your people. You claim them for your own, and you made them a nation. And even even as recently as 1948, you made them a nation anew. Can a nation be born in a day, you said in the Old Testament? And by golly, it certainly was in 1948. Bless your people. Reveal yourself to them as your Messiah. Come quickly, Lord Jesus. Save and rescue as many as possible in the days remaining before your return. I pray all of this. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you so much for joining me today for a longer episode of the prayer podcast. And if you would like to share this, um, please do hit the share button on whatever platform you listen. That would be, uh, that would be great. If you feel like the Lord would like you to share it, go ahead and share it. It may be something that could encourage somebody at this point in time in their life right now. And so if you sense that, don't hesitate to share it. It has 0% to do with 
downloads or listens or me. And I mean that it has zero to do with me and everything to do with if God tells you to do it, go ahead and do it. So uh, Lord bless you. I'll be back here next time. And I'm going to put a link to my other podcast, the Burt Not Ernie show that talks about God's promises in case you would like to uh, check that out at some point in time. I'm praying for you. I'm grateful to be able to pray for you. I really do mean that. Excuse me. It's a great privilege, a great blessing. It's really an honor to pray for the people of God, to lift them to the Lord. And so when I say I pray for you, I don't, I don't say it lightly. I say it with all sincerity. I'm praying for you and I'm thankful for you. Lord bless you. I'll see you back here next time. Bye-bye. so much for joining me today on the prayer podcast. It's a blessing to read what the Bible says about prayer and then to be able to pray with you. Remember to always pray and never give up. See you back here next time.